Before we start the show, we would like to give our heartfelt condolences to the family and friends of Mark Greaves, the lead developer on the Peppermint OS project, who passed away at the beginning of January. While neither of us knew Mark personally, as part of the Linux family, we share your loss. Our thoughts and prayers go with you at this difficult time. that Linux is fun and the myriad of ways people put distros together should be reviewed often. My name is Moss. I live in eastern Tennessee. And my name is Tony and I live in the northwest of England. Welcome to Distro Hopper's Digest. We love checking distros out. New distros, new versions of older distros, and maybe even some old distros we've missed. I have my preferences and Tony has his. Perhaps together we can find some common ground to share with you. The idea of the podcast is that we each install a new distro to our chosen hardware for three to four weeks and use it as much as possible, perhaps even as our daily driver. We record all our trials, tribulations, fixes, what we liked and what we didn't. I like to find distros which would be kind to a new user, especially one who is hoping to move over from another operating system, such as Windows or Mac OS. We intend to give as much information as possible on each distro, and we'll also divulge what hardware we're using and how we think the hardware may have affected the rating. Welcome to Distro Hopper's Digest, episode 10, recorded on Wednesday, 5th of February, 2020. For this show, Tony is reviewing Peppermint 10 Respin, and I've got Farron OS, two different spins of the same thing. We'd like to hear from you what you'd like to see us take on, be it Debian, Red Hat, Arch, Suzy, Mandriva, Slackware, or Gentoo-based distros. Monthly foibles, wherein we discuss what did and didn't work for us this month. Well, I installed Ubuntu Cinnamon 19.10 this month because that's what we did for the most recent episode of Mintcast. I didn't care for the color scheme, but others on our team did, so if you're into brown and orange, you may like it. I currently have Mint Cinnamon, KDE Neon 2019-1226, and the new Farron OS, which also came out right around the holidays, on my Kudu test machine. For some reason, my main Mint Mate 19.3 installation on my Galago Pro 2 main machine stopped giving me a taskbar and then stopped giving me a boot, so I did a reinstall of that and also reinstalled Ubuntu Budgie 19.10 and Mint Cinnamon 19.3 just for fun. I just about have my machine back to what it was on the main partition. I don't know what triggered the issue as I have not changed anything other than updates for at least three weeks prior to this happening. I've never had this happen before, and I blame UEFI, which I had rarely used until I got these System76 laptops. I've tried to use it before to no good end. I was also tempted to try out Nitrux until it became apparent that you don't actually install it. It's all a single file, and all the programs are app images. 
On February 3rd, I received a response to an email I sent and found I have been named editor and marketing strategist for Ubuntu Budgie. I guess we know what I'm reviewing next month. So life has been exciting. And what do you have for us, Tony? <laughs> so now you've got a really highfalutin title. <laughs> oh, I've got a title, baby. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing yet, but I've got a right. title. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Well, I started out to review Ubuntu Studio until I heard the sad news regarding Mark Greaves, and we both thought it would be a fitting tribute to review the OS he loved and worked on for many years. My neighbour, who's been on Linux Mint since I introduced it to him uh, a few years ago on an old laptop he asked me to revive, knocked and asked me to have a look at his current laptop as it had stopped updating due to a previous failed update. I went into the terminal, read the error message and proceeded to fix it. Uh, the fix worked. I then was able to run the update and everything is now working fine. Apparently it had failed to properly update the kernel 0.15.xx module. So uh, it was an issue with that. Once that was fixed, everything else worked okay. So uh, I handed him back the laptop and... Uh, he asked me uh, when the next uh, release cycle was, so I told him it's due uh, sometime in the summer. So uh, he's asked me to upgrade him to Mint uh, 20 when that happens in the summer. And at the same time, I'm going to stick an SSD into the laptop because we're doing a full upgrade, uh, a full um, install anyway. So I'll stick an SSD into the machine, which will make things a, a little bit snappier on that particular laptop because it's not exactly a high spec one. So, uh, other than that, um, on non-techy stuff, uh, a friend at the Lug uh, that I attend gave me some sourdough starter. So, I've been breaking bread over the last two or three weeks, and the results are delicious. <laughs> Very tasty. In fact, I've just had some for my uh, lunch. Broke the bread? <laughs> How do you break bread? I mean, really, it sort of just sits there, you know. <laughs> <laughs> On a sadder note, uh, I found out that a friend of mine from church who I'd recently lost contact with was uh, in a local hospice and receiving end-of-life care. So uh, I went to visit him yesterday uh, and met both his children and his granddaughter and her daughter, uh, and also spent some time with Barry, who, despite his illness, is in good spirits, and I was able to have a conversation with him. His family were brilliant. They're very loving and caring towards him, and that was very evident, uh, you know, in their interactions with him. So he's in good hands, and the and the hospice he's in is excellent have had a couple of friends who've uh, passed away in there previously and they, they all get excellent care so I've got no worries on that score uh, but if I'm a little bit subdued today it might be because of that the lady who gave me my barding uh, has been very ill and we almost lost her a couple of times but apparently she has bounced back and my wife and I will be going to visit her later today oh that's good Okay, so uh, I think that's about it with me. Do you want to talk about some of your updates, Moss? Well, let's see what <clears throat> what we've 
got from stuff we've already looked at. Uh, I have a question. Have we reviewed KDE Neon yet? I don't think so. Uh, not as far as I'm aware. Uh, there's some doubt in the community whether it really counts as being a distro. I've been using it lately, and all the issues I've been aware of in the past seem to be completely dealt with. If you like Plasma, check this out. If I don't find something better to do, I may post a written review on DistroWatch. I've been using the Sweet theme on it, and it changes everything, including that KDE logo that looks more like an X than a K to me. <laughs> and it makes it much more abstract and quite lovely, except everything is in dark mode, which I know a lot of people out there love, but I'm more of a light guy. Also, Open Mandriva LX4 has an update to 4.1. I haven't looked at that yet, and I wish it all the best. Tony, have you got anything here? Uh, there's nothing specific. Like I say, January has been a really funny month for me, so I've not really mm -hmm. been keeping in touch with what's been going on with some of the other distros I've reviewed, so I'll have to pass this month. Okay, on to this month's first distro, Peppermint 10 Respin. So before we start, I'll talk about the uh, the new test laptop. Uh, I'm now testing on my one of my Dell E7440 laptop. The specs are: it's got an i7 fourth gen uh, CPU running at uh, 2.1 uh, gigahertz. It's got 16 gig of DDR3 RAM running at uh, 1600 meg, and it has a two and a half inch. Uh, 128 gigabyte SSD in it at the moment because when I did the um, when I started doing this I swapped out the SSD installation of uh, Peppermint was a breeze uh, the installer Ubiquiti is a joy to use and I had no issues during the install process you just get the usual options to select your language keyboard layout etc uh, you get a prompt to install alongside another OS if desired. The whole process was quick and was over before I could even think about it and updates were just a breeze as well, they didn't take much longer which considering the hardware it's uh, not particularly um, unexpected but even I was surprised how quick everything was Post installation hardware issues. So the re on the reboot you presented with the LXDE desktop environment which is clean and lightweight. Checking hardware all seemed to be working, Wi-Fi was recognised and my screen resolution was correct at full HD of the laptop which uh, is quite, ha uh, quite good. I was quite happy that that had uh, selected itself at startup. So far no other issues have, uh, in respect to the hardware have surfaced. But obviously, it's only been on the machine for a few weeks, so you know you can't talk for long-term stuff. But yeah, I'm not expecting any issues to come forward on that side. Talk about the wallpaper, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why? I it's, don't know. <laughs> I I, cha I changed the wallpaper to uh, one that's got loads and loads of penguins popping out of it. <laughs> <laughs> that might have helped. But that was just my personal choice. So moving on to ease of use, the uh, desktop environment layout is the traditional bottom taskbar with a menu, menu on the left side, which when activated gives you a very familiar layout to access all your applications. 
although until you start to add stuff you'll not find many applications that you used to as uh, it's a very minimal Linux install there's no uh, dedicated office suite just links to the online version of MS Office on the online uh, you get a link for Word, Excel and PowerPoint more of this in a moment this is the same for many of the other applications you may expect to find. They are either absent or links to an online application. If you want uh, want to be a browser-based, uh, this is fine. But if you prefer to have the offline applications, this is not particularly an issue. I've got no problems with it because Peppermint OS is a Debian stroke Ubuntu-based system. So all the software you may wish to use is only a few steps away, either in the terminal or various other software applications such as Synaptic or the Software Center. So you can install pretty well much everything you want to use. And, of course, you, you've got Snaps as well. Mm-hmm. A lot of people seem to believe that this is just a uh, web-based application and Peppermint has been trying to get over that uh, perception. Yeah, I think that's because of the fact that there's not an awful lot of uh, software installed by default. There are one or two things that are still there by default, but um, like I say, it's not an issue. You can just install them. It's a Debian stroke um, Ubuntu-based system, so any dev dev file that you download will work on it. So, uh, And you've got the access to Snaps and Flatpak if you need to. If Snap, I can't remember, I think I had to install SnapD, but I can't remember now. But yeah, all that's available if you need to use it. So no, I wouldn't call it a um, internet-based system, even though to start off with, you haven't got a lot of uh, software there by default. It, uh, I think it's mainly because people uh, confuse the fact that they've put the links in for the Microsoft Office uh, suite, online suite. What's the default browser, Tony? Uh, well, when I started using it, it defaulted to Firefox. Okay. Um, so I had no problem with that. Yeah, most of the web ba- the real web-based apps tend to run with Chrome. Yeah, Firefox was fine. I had no problem with that. Uh, and it's the it's my preferred browser. So when I go into that, I I, I sign into my Firefox account and uh, set up some some of the stuff that uh, is linked to that. So any application issues? Well, this is where the online application link for MS Office uh, fell down. Uh, I could open up the link uh, and it opens up a dedicated page straight through to the uh, menu uh, to the sign in page to put in your Microsoft account details. But every time I started to try and type in my uh, Microsoft email, every 10 seconds or so, the page reset, wiping out the um, email address. And whatever I tried, I could not get it to uh, not keep resetting. So I thought, right, let's go and have a look on uh, Firefox. So I, si- I went into Firefox and I logged into my uh, Outlook, uh, Outlook account from Firefox and logged in, not a problem, just straight in, was able to use the online office tools, no problems. So it seems there's a bit of a bug and I replicated it several times with the other links. The first one I tried was the Office. I then tried the link with the uh, Excel and the PowerPoint and each time it did exactly the same thing. So I actually um, 
opened up a, a created a, a launchpad account so that I could report it as a bug because uh, Peppermint used launchpad as their bug re- uh, reporting pro- process. So I have reported it, and we'll see if it's something that they they can replicate and deal with for future users. But if you are going to sell it as a as an email, you know, as a kind of net based system for lower resourced computers, then that would be something that would need fixing in the future. And it may be it's just my hardware; something particular isn't working properly, but. Uh, I can, you know, I only tested it on the one machine. Memory use at first boot. The PC is reporting 370 meg of RAM uh, usage, uh, and it barely, <laughs> barely troubles the four cores, eight threads on this particular machine. So, uh, yeah, it was as if the the CPU was idle. <laughs> I suspect this will happily run on a quarter duo with two gig of ram as i say in the closing statement i have run this uh, on a uh, little netbook with only um, one and a half gig of ram in the past and although it's slow it did run so i think any quarter duo system with a couple of gig of ram would probably run fine but you're probably better off trying four and that will make a really smooth um, operating system ease of finding help well, Peppermint OS is a very active forum, and from what I hear, they're a very friendly group, and they do have an active code of conduct, so feel free to go and ask questions. Also, many of the issues you may have, uh, as this is an Ubuntu-ish system, then you may get help by searching for solutions related to Ubuntu or go to the Ubuntu forums. Although if you go to the forums, you may get directed to go and ask your question on the Peppermint ones, as uh, obviously you're not actually running Ubuntu. I didn't try any of them, so I can't really comment directly about how friendly any of the uh, resources are, but uh, I suspect you wouldn't have any problems. And there is an awful lot of support out there for both Peppermint and for, you know, dev-based systems. So you shouldn't have any problems. Right. Well, we have heard from a number of people that when Mark was around, he was always able to help and would spend hours with people. Uh, Zeb, Zebedee Boss from uh, the Destination Linux group, has been very active in Peppermint OS. So he's probably still hanging in there and trying to pitch in. Yeah, uh, I've not heard from Zeb for a while because uh, he's not been on a couple of the podcasts he was. Yeah, he's taking a break because of Mark. He's having a break, yeah. Uh, But yes, Zeb's there and I I suspect if Zeb spotted any uh, bad behavior in any of the forums because he's one of the forum moderators, he would jump on it straight away. You figure with people like Mark and Zeb on this OS that that they'll be keeping the tone light and friendly definitely so does it play nice with others well like i said at the beginning it did uh, prompt me to decide whether i wanted to install it against the other operating system that was already installed on the hard drive but i chose not to do that but i don't envisage any major issues again uh, the install is fairly intuitive um, and uh, because it's based on ubuntu debian it should be reasonably easy to install it alongside another system i can comment on that like i said before we did this or like i didn't say i guess i've told you in other (laughs) forums that uh, i did install this myself on my multi-boot 
whatnot. And it does uh, do as well as any Ubuntu thing. And since it's based on later versions of Ubuntu than the LTS, uh, Grub Customizer is available in the repo. Oh, right. Uh, so it should be no problem to anyone. You've, you've not had any problem with it. Right. So I wouldn't envisage anyone having problems with it. You tend to find problems if they are there. So <laughs> <laughs> You think uh, maybe they just come to find me, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's true. So stability. I've not had any issues with it. Again, obviously, I do have to say that I've only been running it for a few weeks, but uh, so far, so good. And uh, again, I've not heard any bad issues around stability as as an OS, so it shouldn't be a problem. So down to ratings. Uh, Ease of installation, I think it's an 8 out of 10 even for a new user. Probably a 9 out of 10 for an experienced user, probably pushing towards the 10. Because like I say, the uh, Ubiquiti installer is, is really nice. Hardware issues, I didn't have any, so I'll give them that 10. Ease of finding help. As I know the community, even though I didn't try it, I would say 9 out of 10. And the the only reason I've given it a 9 is because I didn't test it out. Ease of use, 9 out of 10. Plays nice with others. Like I have put a not applicable for me on that, but um, I might put a moss next to it and say... Nine out of ten moss. For a nine, yeah. Yeah. Should yeah, be good I'll for put that. moss nine out of ten. <laughs> uh, stability, nine out of ten again. So the only reason I gave easy use nine out of ten was because of the issue with the uh, online uh, office suite and not being able to log in without going back into the browser. So overall ratings, I've given it an eight out of ten. And again, that would probably have been a nine if it hadn't been for the issue with uh, signing into Outlook from the uh, menu shortcuts. If there are web apps, you should be able to use the web apps. It's that simple. Yeah, yeah. And and that's what I say. I've got no problem with the being web apps. uh, But yeah, you should be able to access them as as designed by the operators, you know, the developers. So if you can't, then that's obviously an issue. But like I say, it might be just a glitch. It could be a glitch with my hardware. I don't know. But I've reported it so that they can check it out on other on other systems and see if they can replicate it. And if they can, they can try a fit. So similar distros to check out. Basically, any lightweight Ubuntu system will uh, work probably just as well. It may not look as pretty or be as... Uh, well developed in the sense of you know they may not have as much of a community out there but uh, there's a there's a number of systems I could probably go through that uh, you could uh, and obviously you've got the lightweight uh, Ubuntu system, uh, dist- official distros like LXDE which is Lubuntu so um, you know there's a number of systems out there that you could use final comments well, Peppermint's a good spin of Ubuntu Stroke Debian as a base. It's very lightweight, uh, so it'll run on older hardware, as I've said. It also supports currently 32-bit systems. That's why I was able to get it running on my little netbook, which is still a 32-bit, the old Acer Aspire 1 netbook. And while slow, it did run. I, I think I was able to install it on the 8GB SSD, but if not, I'd 
uh, I installed it onto an SD card. But uh, yeah, it was able to run on the on the machine. In fact, I think it uh, I think it ran better off a um, USB stick. Uh, installation than it did off the uh, SSD because the SSD on the uh, netbook at that stage was one of the early uh, soldered on variety and they weren't very fast at all <laughs> but as I've said before you could probably get away with a Core 2 Duo with 2 gig of RAM but uh, probably be advisable to go to 4 if you've got the memory available so the only other issue I have at the moment is, uh, like we say, if you're going to run uh, browser-based uh, uh, application systems, then they need to work. And uh, in my experience, the MS Office system didn't work. So, uh, But uh, if they get that fixed, it would be a massive thumbs up to Peppermint. It's a fine OS. I could have created a shortcut to the Outlook look logging screen via the browser uh, if I'd wish to so it's not a problem so if Mint ever went away would it be a contender for my daily driver yes definitely it's a, it's a great OS no problems with it so if you've got no more comments Moss uh, I'll pass over to you for your distro this month okay okay distro name Farron OS again I know I reviewed Farron OS just a few months back, but it was at a changeover point in its development, and I hate being negative, especially for the wrong reason. I loved this distro in 2016, and I want to love it again. Farron now comes in two versions. Farron OS features KDE, and their previous Cinnamon version is still being supported as Farron OS Classic. I'll be reviewing the KDE version. My hardware, I run my test distros on a System76 Kudu 3 with 16 gigabytes of RAM and a 256 gig SSD with an i7 processor and Intel graphics chipset. Installation. For me, an installation includes the full installation and all updates. If I can manage it, I then replace LibreOffice if provided with SoftMaker Office, install my preferred VPN, which is Mulvad, and set up Grub Customizer or other Grub Management. And then install my printer, Brother MFC J491DW. A simple matter if I'm using Debra RPM, not so much on others. I usually try to install Stacer so that I can get good stats and a few extra controls. Everything went in smoothly. I had no issues on my Kudu. I tried it later on my Galago Pro and discovered that the machine does not like the KDE. I confirmed it with Neon and Kubuntu. It's probably a hardware issue. Uh, more recently, that issue went away, so they apparently did some Mesa updates that took care of the problem. While this distro is based on Mint and Ubuntu with KDE Desktop, it's getting more and more eclectic. Installation is done with Calamaris, and when that works, it's a dream. It worked for me this time, but you've heard me talk about the imaginary partition bug, so don't be upset if you run into it. Just select Do Something Else and set it up more manually. Post-installation hardware issues. What issues? Everything's as close to perfect as it can be. Ease of use. This desktop has been redesigned from the ground up. It looks like KDE, but it uses the Mint file manager instead of the much maligned Discover. Every choice the Farron manager has made, with the possible exception of defaulting to Vivaldi browser, has made this distro work better. And it has a browser picker built in where you can choose your browser from a large list. 
I was dismayed to see they did not include Midori, but even so, this facility is well designed and has been fed upstream to other distros. The whole desktop feels like Windows 10 more so than anything I've yet seen, so perhaps it will appeal to people who have been working with Win 10 for some time. If there's one thing I would change about Farron OS, it's shutting down. You click the usual tiny icon and get a small tray with tiny type and tiny icons to choose whether to shut down, reboot, log out, etc. After you do that, then you get the usual large KDE icons to confirm. Also, I tried to install the KDE Suite theme, and it downloaded and disappeared. I tried it three times. It says it was installed, and it wasn't found, and when I went back to install it, I had to install it over again. So, I don't know what there is with that, but that's trivia. That's a bit of a weird situation, that, isn't it? Well, it is strange, but again, they, it, Farron does so much of its own theming, it may have just uh, taken over those particular controls. Memory use. While Plasma is a relatively light desktop, apparently all the theming Farron OS does takes a toll. My Stacer says I'm using 1.5 gigabytes of RAM and 15 gigabytes of disk space. If your system has only 4 gigs of RAM, you might want to try something else a bit lighter. Ease of finding help. You can get direct messages to the developer, and yes, there is only one dev on this project at this time. You can reach him at several Discord and Telegram groups, and by other means, he responds quickly. But there is no user forum, which is a negative in my view. Even so, it works kind of like Mint and kind of like Ubuntu, and you can get nearly all of your questions answered by users of those distros, or by searching the net. This is an easy distro to use, unless you want to get deep into the theming and configuration, in which case, it's as deep as plasma. Plays nice with others, not an issue, but the grub menu could stand to be customized. On high-res screens, it's pretty tiny, just like Ubuntu's before they uh, themed it better in more recent versions. I don't know. This is a pet peeve for me, because some distros go to the extra effort to make it good for multi-boot users. And you get a beautiful grub menu. KDE Neon has a beautiful grub menu. The new Linux Mint 19.3 has made their grub menu nice. Yeah, I agree with that. I love the grub menu on uh, Linux Mint now. And when you come up on a high-res monitor and you got little tiny uh, lines of type, it's, it's always... <laughs> Makes you think that they needed yeah. to think a little farther down the road. but Yeah, well, me and you are getting old eyes. That's part of the problem. That's part of the problem. And part of the problem <laughs> is that so such a small part of the yeah. community actually does multi-booting. Yeah. Okay, let's move on. Stability. Also not an issue. It has good roots. Similar distros to check out, I'd say, obviously, Neon, Mint, and Kubuntu. At one time, back in Mint 17, Mint actually had a KDE desktop. And I think when that went away, a number of people have been screaming for KDE to come back. And this is a very good way of doing it without losing the normal mintiness. He may move on beyond it in a bit. He's not really stuck on a firm path and saying, this is what I intend to do. He's saying, let's see what works. Yeah, which is sensible. You're not tying yourself down to something. Ratings. You're going to have your eyes fall out of your sockets on my ratings because I never do this. <laughs> Ease of installation. New user, 9 of 10. 
uh, experienced user 10 of 10, hardware issues 10 of 10, ease of finding help community and web 8 of 10. Ease of use, 10 of 10. Plays nice with others, 10 of 10. Stability, 10 of 10. Overall rating, 9 of 10. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure you're all right, Moshe? You've I, not I'm got fine. temperature or something. No, no fever. I'm sorry. <laughs> Final comments. I have no idea what could be done better other than what I said about shutting down. Uh, unless you really have a distinct hatred of all things plasma, this could be that perfect distro you've been looking for. If you like the old mintier Farron with cinnamon, that's being maintained as Farron Classic, so you can use that. New releases this month from our January 9th show to present. Simplicity 20.1. Ultimate 6.5 Gamers. KDE Neon 2020-0204, Arch 2020-02.01, Duzero 4, Nitrux 2020.01.31, Open Mandriva 4.1, OPN Sense 20.1, OLPC 13.2.11, FreeNAS 11.3, that's a BSD, Kali 2020.1, XTix 20.2, Solus 4.1, Volumeo 2.699, Robo Linux 10.8, Live Rizo 11.20.01.22, KDE Neon 2020.0123, Cubes 4.0.3, Laka 2.3.2, Ghost BSD 20.1, that's a BSD, Gparted Live 1.1.0-1, CentOS 8.1.1911, Linux Lite 4.8, SuperGamer 5, Aria Linux 2.1, IP Fire 2.23 Core 139, Archman GNU slash Linux 2020-01. A little lighter in the offerings this month. Yeah, uh, it seems to be a bit quiet. But as I said when we were having the pre-show chat, I think it might be because some of the um, Ubuntu-based distributions are starting to think about their release cycle as far as 2004 comes with the new long-term release. So it may quieten off for a little while before we start seeing see an uptick after April. I also think it could be a post-holiday uh Malaise. Yeah, people are having a rest. <laughs> I, I noticed the same for our feedback. Uh, we've gotten fewer comments in MeWe and in Telegram, and we got zero emails except for one spam. So that makes our feedback section short. As in, there's nothing. <laughs> Announcements. We're still hoping to produce a user-only show, Distro Hopper's Digest User Edition. We have posted the criteria to be used in your review on the blog at https colon slash slash distrohoppersdigest.blogspot.com. We did not get any submissions in January. Please submit your audio review in uh, .flat format if you can. But we'll accept an .mp3 if this is the best you can do. Submitting a script of what you said will also help our listeners, but is not required. Please send your submissions to distrohoppersdigest at gmail.com. My work here and at Mintcast can be supported by joining my sponsors or by direct donation through sponsors or PayPal. 
There are links in the show notes. I am very grateful for all donations which have been or will be received. Please tell me if you would like your name used on the show, however you choose to donate. I named all my donors in the last episode of Mintcast, and I don't want to get too maudlin about it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Our next show should be recorded on or about March 4th. Tony, you're going to be away on a training course, so we're going to have to adjust that some. We will. Um, But I'm sure, depending on your work program, we'll try and get it done that week, uh, towards the end of that week. But if not, we may have to delay it until the following week. Right. I'm trying to adjust my work schedule myself as well. Uh, Things are not quite as O'Reilly as uh, I'd like them to be. Uh, (laughs) Visit our website at https colon slash slash distrohoppersdigest.blogspot.com and follow us on MeWe, Telegram, Mintcast Discord, and at our Telegram and MeWe groups. Please contact us at distrohoppersdigest at gmail.com if you have any comments or suggestions. Before we go... We would like to thank all those who make this project possible, starting with Hacker Public Radio for allowing us to use their Mumble server. Archive.org for storing and helping to distribute this program. Audacity, which we use for recording and editing the show. Joshua Lowe for work on our logo. All those who work on the teams which are creating, adapting and maintaining the Linux distros. We have reviewed this episode. Mid-Air Machine, creators of the song Streets of Santivo, used as our music under Creative Commons license. Thanks to Linus Torvalds for the kernel, Richard Stolman for the GNU toolkits, and all those who have worked behind the scenes on free and open source Libra software. And thanks to the rest of the Mintcast team for letting us use their Discord and Telegram channels, and lots of encouragement. We shall be back next month. Thank all of you for listening. Mm-hmm.